0: Good morning. As Charles mentioned in his prayer, um, Mario is out of town. And so I am now going on second week here of preaching what I'm calling a little mini-series of Heaven Yes, Hell No. And it is uh, just as it sounds. There was one week last week on hell. Complete separation from God. place of conscious torment, eternal punishment. Jesus spoke often about the harsh reality of hell, uh, and last week we, we ended our time with, with three applications and just as way as lead-in for today as we transition to heaven. I wanted to just go over those applications again one more time. When it comes to hell, not all warnings are equal. Hell is the greatest warning that we will ever receive. Hell is the greatest warning that we should heed. It's the greatest warning we should pay attention to. And when it comes to hell there is no place about joking about it or being flippant with it. Apart from the saving grace of God. The Bible talks about this as a place where people will be and go and experience. And some of those people are our very own family and friends. There is no joking matter when it comes to hell. And when it comes to hell, we should share the gospel all the more. Share it with passion. Share it with zeal. Share it with compassion. Share, 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 share share the gospel. I admit last week was not a happy-go-lucky sermon. It was heavy because the reality of hell people being totally separated from God, is heavy. So today, I'm looking forward to heaven uh, in more ways than one. Uh, before I do, one last reference the last week um, I, I shared there's a little section, if you were here, you remember, I shared a section there on some of the, the warnings that we receive in life. Like there are some really, really good warnings that we've been given in life, but then there are some that are really strange and like ridiculous almost. There was one I shared about like the Superman costume, and, and the warning label inside the costume said warning. Wearing this suit does not enable flight. And and like superpower strength. Remember that one? Okay. And then the other one, that's the one I really want to mention, is there's this warning that is put on the side of birthing pools. My daughter was, at that that time, she was preparing to give birth. And she was going to have a a birth at home. That was the plan with a midwife. And part of the setup was to assemble this this glorified kiddie pool, if you will, uh, uh, where it's supposed to help Mama. And so they're doing it, and Michael, my son-in-law, tells me they had a warning label on the side of it, and it said this, Absolutely no diving. <laughs> I'm like, pregnant mom, diving in the pool? Probably not. So, and I'm glad to report my daughter listened to the rules at least successfully enough to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, this is, I guess, somewhat of a tradition. I guess um, I have done this now with all the grandchildren. So, making do, Mason Douglas. Redmond gets a little bit of uh, stage time and there it is and uh, just as we sang earlier um, may the blessing of God be put upon the generation and the generation and the generations. And that's that's my prayer that one day Mason will experience uh, the joys of heaven as well. So with that as a lead in we turn our attention to heaven recent polls suggest that 80% of americans believe in a place called heaven and it would be fabulous if like all americans believe that and really the entire population of the world would believe that but in reality this statistic is encouraging because it tells us that even in this skeptical age that there is something deep inside the hearts that cries out, there has got to be more than this. Even on our best days, there are undertones of certainly there has to be more than this. And on the bad days, this rings all the more true. There's got to be more. Something more than pain and suffering of this life. Something more than being born and living How many number of years? 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years on this planet and then being buried and put in the ground. The poll goes on to state that not only do most Americans believe in heaven, most expect to go there when they die. I I think that's true. I think if you did your own survey, if you went to the mall and caught the next 100 people coming in and out and you asked them, when you die, will you go to heaven? And I think that you will get a resounding yes from a lot of people. And then you'll get a lot of, I think so, I hope so, I think I've got a chance, kind of answers that people would say. And not only do they think that they are going to heaven, I would dare say that they would say, and so are my friends and my family. So there are lots and lots of questions about heaven, lots and lots of theories and myths and ideas about heaven. I think the best way to approach this is when we're going to look at heaven today and all these questions we can find the answers to or we can deny and confirm some of these ideas is to rely on the Bible. And I'm going to say at the start I realize that this might mean that some of our questions about heaven can't be answered. And yet what the Bible does say about heaven we can know and trust. And this is important to note because it means what the Bible says about heaven is enough for us. It's enough for us to get what God wants us to get. Questions may still exist, probably will still exist, but that doesn't change the fact that God has told us, he has revealed to us what he wants us to know about heaven, and that's enough. So this morning, out of all the questions that could be asked, I'm going to narrow it down into four questions that hopefully we can look at through Scripture, through the Bible, and realize and get some truth about heaven. Question number one. What is heaven? Seems like a good place to start. Anyone planning on going there, which by the way, it is forever, we ought to have an idea of what it is that we are going to. What is heaven? the Bible's very first verse. Do you know it? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So in a broad sense we already have the idea that heaven is this expanse of space over the earth. Today the focus is going to be crunched down a little bit more, not have such a broad definition but rather I want us to look more at like what Paul talked about in Second Corinthians chapter 2, and he said, I was taken up to the third heaven. That's the heaven that I want us to be referring to today. So specifically, what is heaven, the third heaven? And I want us to see that the answer is it's a real place where God lives. It's God's dwelling place, God's abode, God's home. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, In Matthew 6-9, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. When He taught the crowds during His Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5-16, He told them to let their light shine among men so that others would see them, so that God would be glorified in heaven. In Revelation, we'll look at this a little later, one of the things that John sees in his vision is God ruling and reigning on a throne in heaven heaven. That is a common theme of all the Old Testament prophets who had these type of visions. Very similar to this, of God ruling and reigning on a throne in heaven. So what is heaven? Simply put, it's where God lives. It's God's place. It's God's abode. So an easy lead-in then to question two is, where is heaven? And to answer that question, I say we all break out our little pointer fingers. Go ahead and get them out. Limber them up if you need to. When I ask the question, you give the answer with your finger. Ready? Where is heaven? Well, what does Scripture say about it? Because I believe we can get a good idea of where heaven is. Look at this chart. This is just a small sampling of the chart. It seems that heaven is up. Psalms make reference to it. God looks down at His creation. When man considers God, He looks up. In Ephesians we have Jesus descending to the earth and then ascending back up. First Thessalonians we have the up and down action going on. Jesus comes down, we go up. As I mentioned already, Revelation chapter 4, John had a vision and he was taken up. Many, many scriptures talk about heaven being up. Don't try to punch it into your GPS system, though. Have you ever tried that? I did this week. I was curious since I was like, where is heaven? I was like, oh, let me try it. I typed in heaven. I didn't find it. I found Hog Heaven Barbecue. (laughs) Apparently, it is permanently closed, which means we know it is not heaven because heaven is open for people. I also found Heaven Sent Beauty and Spa and nothing against Bellevue. That's where it's located, but that's not heaven. I went a little further, and there was a club heaven in Jacksonville, and though heaven will have all kinds of dancing and singing and celebrating and worshiping God, this club does not do it that way. That is not heaven. And I know this gets a little interesting for some people, so if you're into numbers and a little bit of science, you're going to like what's coming next. Others of you will be perfectly fine with just saying, okay, heaven, heaven might be up. But it's going to become obvious why GPS does not work when trying to find heaven. So quick disclaimer, I did not do all the math to this, I am just repeating what the researchers have provided and I hope it makes sense to you. The moon is approximately 250,000 miles up. You could theoretically walk there if you have a three mile per hour trot It would take you nine and a half years to get there. And of course, that is no Chick-fil-A stops, (laughs) no bathroom stops, no gasoline, no Hampton Inn and Suites, just straight going. Nine and a half years you could do it. But the problem is, if you did that, you are still a long, long way from heaven. We have to change the factors a little bit, so I want us now to change the rate that we're going to travel to the speed of light. Kids, help me here. Ready? I know you've been off for school for a week. Most of you have been off for school for a week. But yet there is a science answer that talks about how fast the speed of light is. Anyone remember how fast it goes? Miles per second? 186,000. What grade are you in, young man? (laughs) Ron Lynch on the second row. 186,000 miles per second. So instead of the nine and a half years it would take you to get to the moon, you could do it in a second and a half. That's the, that's, the, that's the math I want us to use now as we go through. I want us to go through the entire solar system. You ready? Here it is. I put it on a chart for us, tried to put it there. Well, actually, Kenan did. He does great work, doesn't he? Two thumbs up for Kenan. We would be in Mars in 12 minutes and 30 seconds. It's 140 million miles away. Mercury in just over four minutes, 48 million miles away. Jupiter, 43 minutes, because it's 444 million miles away. This would be the kind of trip where the kids in the backseat would start saying, are we there yet? Going to Jupiter. We'd hit Saturn in about an hour and 20 minutes. Uranus in 1.7 billion miles. And yes, I'm calling it Uranus. (laughs) Expect the trip to take two and a half hours to get there. Neptune is nearly 3 billion miles. That's just over four-hour trip, borderline bathroom stop. Definitely, if my wife is making the trip, true. Pluto, whether you consider it a planet or not, it's 3.5 billion miles away. That's 4.6 hours of travel time at the speed of light. My point is we are way, way out here and we are not close to heaven yet. And this is just our galaxy. There are galaxies upon galaxies galaxies, all one after the other. I'm not sure really the mind can comprehend what is going on here. That even if we were to get to the very outer edge of the very last galaxy, like like the second heaven first heaven is right here the birds and the clouds are right there space the second then third talks about it being heaven infinitely forever now i say all that and almost sound like i'm going to contradict myself because that heaven that is way 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 away off this chart is but a twinkle of an eye away that's what the bible says like that's faster than a blink everyone want to do that it's amazing concept i want to show you a picture of jill Emerling. how many of you know her half hands okay see this is second service first service everyone knows her Um, Let me introduce you to the greatest person that you may have never, ever met. Like She is a wonderful, wonderful person who on Friday went home to be with Jesus. And so I am um, doing a couple things here. One, Russ, her husband, has asked that we get word out of a celebration of life service will be this Saturday, 2 o'clock, right here. Jill loved... Jesus and loved people it was very very obvious of both and I guess I just say pull her up here to say this that however long and however where heaven is she's there and quicker than that like that wasn't one of our questions of what happens to a person when they die but if it was the bible's answer is really direct on that is to be absent from the body, is to be present with God. So Jill Emerling's celebration of life service is this Sunday, or excuse me, this coming Saturday, 2 p.m. So question one, what is heaven? It's where God dwells, God's abode, God's home. Where is heaven? Up, way, way up. Question three, what is heaven like? Now, this question, ah, uh, man, it, it could be answered in a dozen of ways. Like you could just add layers to this. If you had an outline, A, B, C, you could easily do the alphabet point by point by point. I am going to just put it into two main categories. Okay? That's how, I, um, but man, there's a lot there. So, part A, if you will go in your Bible to Revelation chapter 4 to really hear what heaven is like. If you have your Bible, turn there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. I'd like to read it aloud and you follow along with me as we read all 11 verses. After this, I looked. That's John. He's the author here. He looked and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately, like twinkle of an eye, I was in the spirit. And a throne was set there in heaven. One was seated on the throne, and the one seated looked like jasper. That looked like. Pay attention to that phrase as we go throughout here. It's going to be important for us. It looked like jasper and carnelian stone, which is an orangish, brownish, reddish stone. A rainbow that looked like an emerald surrounded the throne. Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the throne sat 24 elders dressed in white clothes with gold crowns on their heads. Flashing of lightning and rumblings of thunder came from the throne. Seven fiery torches were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Something like... A sea of glass, similar to crystal, was also before the throne. Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back were in the middle and around the throne. The first creature was like a lion. The second creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is coming. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne. Worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and they say, O Lord our God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and because of your will they exist and were created. What is heaven like? That is what heaven is like. And that is, isn't exactly it. It's got to be like better than that. John was short on adjective. He was short on words. Time and time again, he could only use, it's kind of like, sort of like that. Trying to describe heaven, it's like trying to describe the indescribable. The human mind just can't do it. So we come up with words like, heaven is stunning, heaven is brilliant, it's magnificent, it's glorious. But all through Revelation chapter 4, we really want to see the main point here. Heaven is all about God perfectly receiving all the fame, all the praise, all the glory. He is due forever without interruption. That is heaven. And sometimes when we say that, it gets really hard for us to comprehend that. Because we live in this fallen, dark, broken place. And we, we are fallen and broken. At best, we dimly see this. At best, we dimly understand this. At best, now, we dimly love each other. At best, now, we dimly worship. Paul was alluding to that. 1 Corinthians thirteen, twelve. For now we see in a mirror dimly. It's like our time here on Earth. But then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully. In heaven, we will get this right. Now, it's a struggle to get this right. So part A that I want to just kind of put across in a big statement is that this: What is heaven like? There is no mistaking. Heaven is entirely for God and for His glory. Now, when we get to part B, you have to, we have to approach it with this high, high understanding that heaven is not mainly about us. It's mainly about part A. It's mainly about Jesus. Because if we are not careful, we will twist this. And we will make heaven more about us and what we get instead of what heaven really is. More about God and His glory. Now there's hope. Eventually we finally are going to get this right. We will get a redeemed mind with our redeemed body, and it's going to be wonderful and we won't get it wrong but right now even as I say that, there are people, me included at times as well, and we go, okay, so we're going to do all this worshiping God and glorifying God in heaven, and what else? What else are we going to do? We can get this way, we will even use phrases. I've heard people use phrases who say, Sounds a little boring. Tell me more about the mansion part like, my mansion. I mean, we just read there a little bit like, my mansion is it going to be next to that, that crystal sea thing that we just talked about there? Or is that mansion, it talks about this river that's flowing through heaven. Is my mansion going to have the river going through the property? Now I suppose it's okay to think like that. If you're a mountain person, oh, Mount Zion, is my mansion up there? Is that, is that, what, what are we talking about? We can be careful when we can get things twisted up here a little bit. What about all the banquets that I hear about? It's all going to be worked out. The point is we are really, really good at making us the center of everything. But in heaven, all that changes because of God's goodness. We get what is called a glorified body. And when that happens, we will not be so self centered. Matter of fact, we won't be self centered at all. So it's very important that we keep part A, the sovereignty of God, the glory of God, as the main part of heaven. And then as we answer part B, we can say things like, and part B is really good for us. Like it's sometimes called the place of no mores. Revelation one four, No more death. No more grief. No more crying. No more pain. You know what all that is proof of? That is all proof that there is no more sin. Because all of those things are a result of sin. They just no longer exist. What a place. Revelation two five says there's no more days and nights, no more, don't need any lights. God himself is going to be the light. Matthew 22, sometimes this one raises an eyebrow. No more marriage. Which kind of indicates then that there will be no more reproduction. Apparently, just I don't know, just like street lights are helpful to us now. Marriage is helpful for us now, but it's temporal. Somehow God's going to work it out so that our appetites and desires of this world that we know about will give way to higher and better and more satisfying pleasures to come. So there's a part that's just a mystery of what heaven's going to be like. I know we could go on longer. There could be a C and a D and an E of addressing this question of what is heaven like? So many questions can be asked. Can people look down from heaven and see us? Will we be able to see and know our friends and family in heaven? Do pets go to heaven? Will we have physical bodies in heaven? And if so, does that mean gender's a thing? Are there different levels of heaven? How big is heaven? Are there literally streets of gold in heaven? On and on and on these questions go. Who will go to heaven? Now that's a good question. Who will go to heaven? And it's our last question that I'd like for us to look at today. Who will go to heaven? The poll that I mentioned at the start indicated that most Americans believe in a heaven and believe they will go to heaven when they die. Which is very, very interesting because it contradicts the way that Jesus taught. Now, I know sometimes here in the West, especially as Americans, we kind of feel like "Mm, we're the special ones. Jesus taught that those who go to heaven are few. He used used the picture of it being like a narrow gate where less go through, not more. And he didn't stop it just there. He, He went on to say that, and there is a wide gate that leads to destruction, referencing hell. So, this is a very important question for us who will go to heaven? And the people who go to heaven are all alike in one way. They are all sinners who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark eight thirty-four. Jesus was summoning the crowd along with his disciples and he said to them, if anyone wants to be my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. John 1 12 but to all who receive him he gave them the right to be the children of God to those who believe in his name. Acts 16 31 believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household. Romans ten nine, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. And we could do this for a long time. This is the pattern seen in the Bible. The people who go to heaven are those who recognize their need for a Savior and they humbly accept God's offer of forgiveness. They have repented of their old ways, old ways of living, and they they have set their course to follow Jesus. And as awesome as heaven will be for all those who accept Jesus Christ as Savior, hell will be that much more awful for those who reject Him. That is the baseline story of the entire Bible taught over and over again. The reality is we must face it Eternity is coming. It could be sooner, it could be later, but it is coming. Make today your forever heaven, yes, hell, no. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word. And I thank You for Your Spirit. For Your Word in that You have given us enough about Heaven, about the fallenness of man, And then start this morning, Romans 3:23, "All have fallen short of your glory. But oh Father, how thankful we are that you revealed more. You revealed Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and life, to heaven, eternal life. Father, I realize that there are so many more questions that can be asked. There's so many more concepts that could be presented. Lord, I, want, I want to just trust that you will spur on people the way you want it to be done. Whether that's more study into your word and to look at this, or that these four questions were were good, good, good for people who are searching for Jesus, searching for what is afterlife good and encouraging for your own people. That our hope would not be in ourselves, not be in in, in this world. but that it would be in Jesus Christ alone. And so we ask that you would do your work with us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.